Video is an essential component to marketing in today's day and age. And with the evolution of social media platforms and online streaming services, branded video content isn't just relegated to broadcast television any longer. It's everywhere. So no matter your platform or goals behind your video marketing efforts, you need to have content that's engaging enough to break through the clutter and grab viewers' attention. So just how do you make video content that sticks? Well, let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, best practices, and strategic insights that help us move forward in business and in life. I'm Elliot, your host, and I'm here with Jotform's very own videographer, video producer, video manager, video editor, whatever you want to call him, because he does it all, Patrick Thornsberry, to chat with us about how he goes about crafting the optimal tech marketing video. Patrick, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on camera instead of off it. Yeah, once. it feels weird uh to be to be in front of the camera for once but yeah relinquishing um, control i'm glad to be here <laughs> distill your wisdom so i want to be clear up front that for this conversation conversation we'll obviously be focusing on the video production process itself referencing the various types of videos we make here at Jotform. we won't necessarily get as much into the broad overall strategy behind video marketing because honestly that's an entirely separate conversation we'll definitely cover on another episode but let's talk about the actual process of creating and stitching together marketing video content in a way that's as engaging as possible, which of course is your specialty. Uh, do you want to start by giving a little bit of background about yourself and your experience in the video industry? Yeah, um, I've been uh, I've been at this for a long, long time, uh, <laughs> which makes me feel old. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think the first time I ever jumped behind a camera was about you know when I was like fourteen, <laughs> and uh, fell in love with it instantly, and then. Um, I went to college and studied audio engineering and uh, video, of course, and um, then I was lucky enough, I, I transitioned. I grew up in Washington State, and then I, I wanted to, to get out of the rain, so I was lucky enough to land a job at an e-commerce store uh, down in the Bay Area and um, worked there for a couple of years, and <clears throat> it was kind of like the perfect entryway to kind of like cut my teeth. Were and, you doing video there or? Yes, I was doing video and then photography, but for the most part, I was doing almost solely video, um, straight out of the gate, all green screen work, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so it was a great like learning experience first thing. And I was able to, uh, kind of learn on the job and ended up parlaying that into, um, a job in Silicon Valley, um, working in tech hardware, mm -hmm. um, kind of not on the software side of things, but on the hardware side of things, which mm. was a whole different beast. Right. Um, did that for about four or five years, and then I decided to go full-time freelance, and um, Heideken, the uh, CEO of Jotform, mm -hmm. I had already freelanced for, for Jotform a few times, got wind of it, and he was like, no, no, why don't you come over <laughs> here and, and work for us instead? And yeah, I've been here uh, four, four years as a full-time uh, in-house video production manager and uh, yes, 
and uh, one year before that as a as a full time freelancer. So. Yeah, and you've really you've really done it all in that time because we're we're now starting to grow our, our video team. We have um, an assistant video editor. We're we're hiring on more. Um, but for a long time, for those four years, really, it was really just you. Yeah. Um, both recording, editing, producing, making the graphics. Uh, you kind of did it all uh, A to Z, and I know that's uh, just a fantastic skill set. And obviously, we've been very fortunate to have you, but it's. Um, it's cool that you were able to kind of encompass all of these roles and now hopefully you're getting a little bit more support so you can focus on some other things. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely couldn't have gotten where we have in video without your, your help so far. I'm, yeah. I'm curious though, in uh, had, did anything you learn in college, is it applicable to what you're doing today? Because I feel like the technology changes so much. Yeah, I mean, the basics are always the same. Um, editing is editing no matter what, you know. Sure. <clears throat> so that skill set has served me well. I mean, you know, when I first was learning, uh, it's, it's, it hasn't really changed all that much. I mean, it's really? almost exactly the same. Crossfades and just you know putting stuff together. I mean, that stuff never changes. But the, the technology gets better and better. And, of course, the tools get better and better. And, right. You know, I've always lived by the motto of, like, the more you know how to do, the the harder you are to replace. <laughs> You're very hard to replace, sir. So, so you know, I, <laughs> I see I, your plan now. I try to, you know, be good on the audio side, be good on right. the uh, the graphics, you know, photography, everything, and uh, all that stuff is applicable for right. forever. I mean, twenty years from now, I'll still be using the same skill set that I learned in my first class in college. You know, for right. Aperture, shutter speed, ISO, none of that stuff ever changes. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I would have thought that uh, as technology advances, sort of everything changes with it, but they're, they're the fundamentals. And the fundamentals and never change, change yeah. Has, uh, the, has advancement in technology made it easier or more complex to pull off what you do? A little bit of both. Um, I would say it's a lot easier, like uh, the, the speed of everything. Technology has improved so mm -hmm. much, you know, like... Uh, a laptop like this, you can do a full edit. You could you could edit a movie on this thing right now, um, whereas you know, 15 years ago that was unheard of. You know, right. there was there was no chance you were gonna. I mean, you would have to wait two hours to render out a, a 30 second clip. You know, right. So yeah, it's it's really changed. Uh, it has also gotten harder at you know s certain aspects of it have gotten more complicated mm -hmm. um there's a lot more to choose from uh software wise these days which is good right but great also great responsibility. You know, every time that something else comes out you got to learn that new skill set right you know and that that can be challenging especially the older you get the more set in your ways and um i've never heard that <laughs> our, our <laughs> assistant editor has uh has very definite um ideas of how she wants to do things versus the way that i do things what? and uh i'm very like i'm the, i'm the old man so i got to <laughs> i got to keep my ways but like yeah it's it, it is challenging you know keeping up with that stuff and it's like if you don't keep up with it uh, you can you can fall behind real fast, right? Well, it's like the tech industry at large, a job for yeah. it? it's, it's just a constantly evolving industry, and you know you're you're on the cutting edge of that in a, in another way, which is kind of cool to get a glimpse into into that world. So let's talk a little bit, um, you know, narrowing it down into the videos that you do for for JotForm. Obviously, anyone who's familiar with our YouTube page or our content is probably familiar with the type of uh, videos that we put out. But do you want to talk a little bit from a broad perspective, the various categories of video we produce here? Yeah. Um, 
what originally brought me to JotForm was case studies, and those are still my my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is uh, those are those are definitely like the coolest ones that we get to work on, like going out and working with customers. And that uh, up until the pandemic was a was a huge part of my job, and as yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll be returning soon. Hopefully, yes, we'd love to. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, since the pandemic, we've been shooting a lot more like product overview type videos, um, little ads for like Hulu and and mm-hmm. YouTube in general, AdWord type videos and stuff like that. Um, we shoot a monthly newsletter, um, which we've we've done. Almost for four years straight now, we've done a monthly newsletter. We we lost a few months in the uh, during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. we've stayed pretty steady on that. And I'm kind of proud of like how that thing has evolved. You know, yeah, those are awesome. Started out as like this simple little video um, of uh, Chad, our our marketing head, um, sitting in front of a camera in front of like a JotForm logo, yep. and it's since evolved into this cool like. You've even been on camera for for one of those. I have. So. I have. Uh, <laughs> For better or worse. <laughs> um, then we do, you know, we have tutorials, little tip mm-hmm. videos. Um, I do uh, little, like, um, animated explainers where, you know, I'll build, like, an, an anim- animation and, like, After Effects. And Now, is that an entirely different skill set, like the graphics side of things? Yeah. you do do some of the animated uh, Motion graphics for us, is and a, It's a whole different beast, yeah. It's... Uh, it's more challenging in a way, um, but it's also easier because you can just kind of sit down and, and plug away and you don't really have to rely on anybody else, which during the pandemic was a great thing because I didn't have to like bother anybody else. I could do the voiceover. I could do all the animation. Right. I could find the music, you know, at one stop shop. I could do the whole thing from right. start to finish, which is great. Right. Just a lot of work for for you. A lot of work. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> random oddball question, but obviously here in the, the Bay Area, we're actually very close to um, like Disney Pixar. Do you think it's a cooler or more difficult process if you're working at a Pixar and everything is animated versus doing a live action movie? If you could work at either type of studio. Yeah, I this mean, is totally off script. Uh, yeah, I, I would say the animation side would be so much more complicated. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't think it would be as fun either because, I mean, those animators, you'll get one animator who works on one scene for three weeks and then they get turn it over to the producer and then they'll get notes and then they have to jump back into that. I mean, you could work, one person could be working on one scene yeah, for crazy. three months, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas on a, on a movie, you know, you're, you're running gun shooting all day and you, you can actually start seeing the movie come together right. within right. You know, those. Most movies take like a month. To right. Make, um, <laughs> for better or worse again. Um, but like a Pixar movie or something like that, those things can take two to five years. So. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's an art form though. So back to what we were talking about though. <laughs> um, so these different kinds of videos that you sort of talked about, you got the tutorial sort of ad like videos that go on Hulu, obviously newsletter videos. Uh, can you kind of take us through, I guess, sort of the production process into and like what, what differs in the creation of, of these videos? How do you shoot like a newsletter video and then bring that to life versus one of these product overviews versus like one of the ones that leans more on animation? Yeah. Um, I mean, every video is, is different. And they all kind of require a different approach. You know, when we're doing, say, an ad for Hulu or something like that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole different beast, you know, requiring, you know, potentially drones, gimbals, sliders, yeah. uh, storyboarding, location scouting, all that kind of stuff. 
the production quality has got to be yeah. kind of elevated for something like that. Yeah. Whereas like a newsletter, I mean, half the time we just kind of like, okay, well, this place looks pretty. Let's just show right. up there and right. then <laughs> throw on some lav mics. And, yeah, we try and, to mix it up with and locations and all that sort of stuff. Keep it kind of fun. But there's, you know, there's all the, uh, the post-production stuff um, with all the screenshots and like showing off the product and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole, whole nother conversation of like, right. you know, on camera is one part and then off camera is a whole, whole nother part. But um, yeah, there's, you know, dealing with like stock footage and uh, stock photos and all that kind of stuff. Whereas like an animated video is completely different. You know, right. that one, uh, I, you know, for me, it's uh, it's a different process than a lot of people. A lot of people like to really like plan those things out. Whereas I will just kind of like, start tinkering away and just go for it. <laughs> throw some graphics into go. after effects and just kind of start building something. Um, I don't plan out my animations nearly as much as like I should. <laughs> <laughs> they all, they've all worked out. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a whole different beast um, depending on what kind of video you're making. I mean, it's kind of a broad, broad topic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine for the, uh, for the tech gurus out there, uh, it probably won't mean anything to me, but can you talk a little bit about your sort of the digital toolkit you use for all your production and editing? Are we talking uh, hardware or software? Oh man, let's do a brief rundown of, let's do a brief rundown of both. Again, for, for people who are interested, I okay. probably won't know what you're talking about, but sort of a high level overview, like what I've heard a lot of these terms, like after effects sort of, but yeah. uh, maybe just a super brief rundown of like what kind of that is. Um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start on the hardware side. Um, I usually shoot on cinema cameras, mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, I used to shoot mostly on DSLRs, uh, when, you know, there was a, there was a time when, the uh, the industry was almost un like you couldn't break your your way into it just because of the price level. Right. But DSLRs changed all of that, and everything else has kind of followed suit. So now, I mean, you can get a really really nice camera for like fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. You know, obviously, the more you spend, the sure the more you're gonna get, and the more bells and whistles you're gonna get. But like. The cameras that we use are under three grand for most everything that we do, but I use a very uh, diverse toolkit. So I, mm -hmm. you know, I shoot on a Canon, um, a C100 uh, for most of like the interviews that we do. Then I shoot on a Blackmagic pocket cinema camera for most of the like um, product videos and stuff like that, um, which that is uh, a whole nother um, great thing that's that's changed the industry is like you can buy a camera that will shoot raw um, and for like people who don't know raw is like what you would shoot a movie on mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit compressed in these cameras but it's basically the same style as as what you would shoot a, a full-on like movie with um, and then I use a, a GH4 um, which I should probably update at some point, but, uh, yeah. And then I, I have a 5d Mark IV, Mark four that I'll use on interviews or for pictures and stuff like that. But what's funny is it all started with, with one camera back in the day. Yeah. I had a, had a Classic 60 story. and, and, uh, and a will to, to make cool videos. And, and, and here then, you are now you're making videos for job form. <laughs> it's evolved into a whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then on the, uh, the software side, 
I, uh, I'm strange. Um, I know a lot of people have, have switched over to premiere and, uh, I have stuck with final cut pro X, uh, which I know is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, especially video editors. I'm looking at our there. assistant. Video uh, yeah. Our assistant really hates, Sorry, Francis. really hates using final cut, but like <laughs> I, I've stuck with it. I, I was a big final cut pro seven user and, for you know, people who aren't old, Final Cut Pro Seven was this powerhouse that you could edit mm-hmm. movies on. You know, it was like a really, really great piece of software. And then Pro X came out, and it was like basically iMovie, um, and just wasn't great. And so everybody mm-hmm. jumped ship to Premiere, which still had all the same bells and whistles as Final Cut. Um, but I jumped over to Premiere, and then I realized how quick I could do an edit in Final Cut versus Premiere. So I kind of just kept jumping back and forth like Jeremy. staying with premiere with bigger projects and then final cut for smaller projects and it just slowly morphed into works. i just use final cut right <laughs> and uh then after effects i do all of the uh, graphics and all that kind of stuff in in after effects i uh started out as an audio engineer so i use pro tools for mm-hmm. all of my audio stuff um which is way more power than a lot of a lot of our stuff needs but i just love the flexibility and the ability to bring in third-party plugins and stuff to really hone in the audio, which I've said this before. I've I've said this a lot to our assistant uh, editor is audio makes, makes the video. In my opinion, I feel like that's one of the key identifiers of like Mm -hmm. a professional production and a unprofessional production. Interesting. So audio is super important to me and always has been good to know. Um, I don't know. That's that's just no, a real that's, brief. No, <laughs> there that's are cool. a million I, other things, and I'm like I, I, watching sure. your eyes glaze over a little bit. So I'm like, I, I, I am hoping that our our tech geeks out there can get some benefit <laughs> from hearing about this. Most of it is is French to me, but it is really cool to kind of get a broader perspective of how much goes into just producing all this. Um, yeah. both both on the front end and kind of kind of the back end. So it's obviously very cool that you know your you, you video editors in general have to master so much. It's uh, kind of crazy to think about until you are sort of behind the camera or get a glimpse into that world. Yeah. I, I mean, th- there's, you know, there's a million other, you know, illustrator, Photoshop, yeah. like you have to kind of be able to, to jump through a bunch of different, you know, right. Kinds of software in order to make a, an engaging video, you know, you have to be able to use right. graphics and, and make photos look interesting. You know, a lot of people will just slap a photo into a timeline and call it good, but like the, the good, you know, people who are making engaging videos are making those do something that that engages the right. audience. You know, do you feel like most good video editors have to have some kind of professional training, or is it something you can just kind of pick up if you have sort of the desire and the will? You know, I, I, I yeah, that, I mean, that's a big question. I, I feel like you don't necessarily need to. Mm-hmm. You do need training, but I don't think you necessarily need to have college training Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff in college is just you know you're not you're not spending time editing for the most part right spending time in civics classes and english classes and all that kind of stuff so you could get a a quicker jump into the industry by you know just taking online classes going through you know like linkedin learning um school of motion is one that i use a lot um, for motion graphic design and stuff i would say 
75, 80% of everything I know I learned after college. Interesting. <laughs> Which no, is, yeah. I feel like it's, it's that way for a lot of fields and industries though, you know, kind of learn the basics if you can, if they're even applicable, but you really learn on, on the job. So that makes sense, but always helps to have some kind of, some kind of base, I guess, yeah. like, like you're talking about. Some I, things never change. I will say the degree is your foot in the door. I mean, sure. a lot of companies, you could be the best editor in the world, but if you're going after these tech companies, software companies, right. you know, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, um, a lot of times they'll just chuck the resume aside if you don't have any, right. any kind of like a bachelor's degree or anything like that. Green speed. So yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just an entry way in and that's unfortunate um, yeah. because, you know, I know a lot of really great editors who never went to college, never spent a, a moment in a classroom, did everything online. Um, but, you know, they're kind of at a disadvantage just right. by not having that degree. Right. You, you probably have to have a sort of really impactful, impactful portfolio to overcome that at some point. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, studios, you know, if you're freelancing full time, they don't care. They don't sure. care at all. So, you know, that's a that's a whole different conversation of, you know, different types of jobs. But an in-house editor um, at a company like Jotform, you know, you're probably not going to be able to get in the door without a little bit of college. Right. Well, there you go. Um, and to bring, to bring things kind of back to, to, to job form, what we're sort of talking about is like the, the variety of videos that we produce, I think is, is somewhat unique from, as we mentioned, the, the ad style videos, the product tutorials that are screen grabs because job form, we obviously have the, the front facing updates with our newsletter videos, our product launches, where we're wanting to communicate these, these things to our, our audience in an engaging way. But we also have just all these products that can sometimes help have a video accompaniment just to help you understand like you know how to do xyz in jot form most of our user experience is a very simple and easy to do but we'd like to have video content to kind of run through it so we have these higher level like launch or introductory pieces uh, that are front-facing higher engagement and then we have this almost nitty-gritty sort of uh, tutorial overview of how to do a very specific thing and these are just very different styles of videos yeah. um, so we produce kind of I think it's sort of unique how we have such a variety of videos and obviously it's been been awesome that you've been able to kind of champion all those styles um, I guess my, my next question would be what is what do you say is the most challenging part of kind of be able to bring some of this this to life like especially for someone who doesn't know too much about video what's what's a part of the process that you know i would be surprised to hear let oh i didn't realize that uh yeah that's a tough question um i would say this is kind of more specific to um live action and then shooting on a location like what we're doing today, we're you know we're in a location right, right. now. Yeah, we booked the space to yep. film a whole uh, different video. Yep. This. Um, but it's it's just keeping track of all the little things. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many things that can go wrong on a shoot, and uh, like I think most people don't realize that. Like, mm -hmm. like what can go wrong? There's so many things. I mean, like, like audio can start? drop out. Uh, that's happened to me a million times. Our recorder is still going. We're good. <laughs> Recording for <We're> good. Good. <laughs> Sitting uh, underneath the table, but it's I've here. been on, you know, case studies where, like, we don't get another shot. We, right. We're there and we have 
two hours to sit down with the CEO of the company. Right. It's client. It's <laughs> and, kind enough to give us his time. Yeah. And we've had the lav mic, like something will go wrong. The lav like, mic is the one that usually Yeah, goes, the little, little microphone. Yeah, yeah. You see it on like the newsletter videos and stuff. I usually set up a shotgun mic across the room just because of that. Mm-hmm. Because I have had that happen twice now on case studies. That's just got to be a nightmare for it's like any editor. a nightmare. <laughs> um, in, in the post-production process, you're like trying to make it sound good and it is like it's you know that i mean that's that like yeah. i said sound is the most important part yeah. and like if you can't hear the person who's talking your whole video is gone i mean the whole everything hinges on just that one little microphone right. and if anything goes wrong with that that's just one example you know like right you could shoot a whole video with a terrible white balance or something like that if you're not shooting in raw and you're shooting on a camera like a c100 or something like that you shoot it with too much ISO grain on there, or if you shoot it in the wrong shutter speed, like if you shoot slow-mo shots with the wrong shutter speed, your whole slow-mo shot is gone. You know, like there are so many things that can go wrong and just being able to like, you know, think on your feet and be able to just, you know, (laughs) keep track of all that stuff. I feel like that was one of the hardest things for me uh, as, you know, starting out and especially starting out where I was the lone guy for, 10 years, you know, right. I, I worked as kind of the only Everything. person at yeah. every place that I worked Jack at, you know, there were, there were other people, but they were just like, you know, marketing yeah. people like yourself, you know, right. who are like, it was double marketing people. <laughs> it's I don't know, it's great to have those hands <laughs> to help. But like when it comes to actually setting anything up, <laughs> we just sit down and watch you do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say that's the most challenging part is just keeping track of all those yeah. little things and like. You, you never like I've I've I had a, this is a, this is a tangent but like I filmed my first uh, job I filmed directly with the president and CEO founder of the company you know um, and and like one on one filming with him in no front pressure. of green screen and we sat down and we we filmed a video that was like extremely technical and a lot of like a lot of stuff going on got to the end after recording with the president of the company for three hours straight and realized that the audio was not recording the entire time. Oh, that's painful, man. <laughs> man, that's a tough lesson. Talk about embarrassing. I'm so sorry. That's, you know, and then I had another one where like my first day working as a professional videographer, the first shoot was outside and I couldn't tell if it was in focus or not whole thing was out of focus and like I kept playing with the focus on the shoot but then once I got it in it was like this is all terrible and I had to think on my feet and like okay what do I do here and I just made it black and white over sharpened it so it would look like I did that intentionally Wow, way to pivot. <laughs> Thinking that's, on your feet. That's, that's a very important lesson for editors uh, out there. I, I'm it's sure like, it's gotta happen once or twice, right? You can look like an idiot. But you can also pivot it and try and figure out a way to make it look like you meant to be an idiot the whole time. <laughs> That's the key. I think we can all learn that in our careers, yes. <laughs> regardless of your field. But it really does not make me envious of your job. It does make me appreciate everything goes into it. Because you really do have to be detail-oriented. Like, I've started doing these um, video podcasts, like, remote setups so I can record kind of just from my apartment. And I think it's a very simple shoot as far as that goes. Because all I have to do is make sure I'm recording the screen and then have the mic set up. You had to walk me through that, like, 
like several times. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing, I was like, okay, is it is it recording? Do I have the screen recording? And that felt like a lot, but that pales in comparison to even everything that's going on right now in a live action shoot. Because we yeah. have we have lights, we have a camera, we have this, Francis behind the camera. This is like, super simple. We got two lights set up. We got one camera that's just stationary. There's right. nothing happening right. here whatsoever. If you're on a so like I shoot um, case studies, I will shoot two camera, and I have one on a motorized slider that's mm-hmm. like going back and forth the whole time. Is that, a, that is that the gimbal? No, that's that's not, not a gimbal. That's okay. a slider yeah i wanted to <laughs> make it seem like i knew things and did not work gimbal so is the one where you now. like you know you hold it and it stays stationary while you're moving okay. around and okay i have seen those yeah we've used those on a few shoots that, that you've been a part of yeah cool thanks thanks, <laughs> thanks for that reminder so <laughs> moving on from that uh let's talk about um the different platforms that we actually put these videos on so obviously we have lots of different styles of videos but then we have different platforms we put them we obviously have our youtube page we put videos on on twitter uh on facebook you know social media uh we just started doing some more like professional higher production value videos for for hulu potentially even you know other advertising type um projects and what does the sort of i guess the post process look like for those different actual platforms that these are going to because i know you give us different video files when you finish a video you give us a youtube cut a twitter cut sometimes even a hulu cut Mm -hmm. Uh, what's what's the difference between those Uh, i mean the the big difference especially between the youtube and the twitter one is youtube has all those cool little like things that you can embed Mm -hmm. um you can put you know a little thumbnail that links to another video so we have like an end screen for that Mm mm-hmm and they do all sorts of like annotations that you can add into the thing, call out little calls to action for other various right. things. Whereas Twitter, I, I don't put that kind of screen on the end. I don't have anything, don't have any kind, kind of, of call outs or anything it, yeah. like that. You know, I have call to actions, of course, like a little, you know, subscribe button or something sure. like that, which, you know, I think a lot of people who are watching videos on Twitter know that we probably have a YouTube channel <laughs> as well. Right, but, right. You know, uh, if they're just watching on Twitter, you know, it's nice to not have just a blank screen at the end or a screen that right. just comes up with a bunch of call to actions that they can't click on. You know, right. so that's the big difference between those. Um, as far as like Hulu or, or uh, TV advertising or anything like that, it's all about the encoding and um, following like they have very rigid guidelines on what can go up and what can't go up. And it's a it's a whole process of like figuring, you know out exactly what like the encoding is supposed to be the frame rate has to be very specific <clears throat> the size has to be very specific uh color space is a, is a whole different thing like a lot of times you'll have to uh, put things up like a something on netflix has to be 10 bit whereas you can put something on hulu which is 8 bit which this this doesn't mean anything to you but like <laughs> just sounds like a lot of specs you have yeah to be really careful your video file matches whatever yes. requirements that everything they that they have on their little sheet set the demands yeah there. you either follow that or you don't get it up on on the air and, and, it, and it would help if all these streaming platforms they all had the same specs but i'm guessing they don't they probably they don't require different things because that's just how it goes you know there's there's prores um which is the you know the most popular um for for these high-end um things i added everything in prores which i'm sure that this is not you know this is a little technical but like um prores is you know a little less compressed whereas like an h.264 
file is what you would get on on YouTube. So like when I deliver videos to you, I already take that compression in mind so that we get the best possible results. Sure. Um, because if you upload something in ProRes to YouTube, they're going to create their own compression. They just compress it. And their yeah. compression is really ugly and just looks really bad and it just kind of makes your videos, you know, you put so much effort into a video right. and then you put it up on YouTube and it just looks, you know, grainy right. and, no one and wants that. all sorts of digital noise and stuff like that. So encoding specifically for the platform that you're uploading to is right. super important. Right. No, that's, that's helpful context. Just goes to show even more that goes into, into all this, I guess, random question. How, how long on average would you say the post production process takes for, uh, for this podcast? How long would the post production taste take versus like a three minute sort of, or versus the newsletter video we're probably going to shoot later today? I mean, both of those examples are actually fairly quick. Um, you know, a podcast like this, this is, this is a fairly easy edit. Um, usually two or three day turnaround. Um, if that, um, you know, because the camera's stationary, you don't have to worry about matching any cameras. Right. You don't have to worry about a whole lot of cuts and stuff, you know, and for you two just, or three days is a short amount of time. Yes. Yes. I Perspective. Mean, I have spent, you know, six weeks on edits before. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it depends on what it is. Um, what all is involved, you know, something like this is super simple, but like a 3d edit where you're doing something in cinema 4d or something like that, or like very tech involved stuff. Like when I was working in tech hardware, we, um, a good rule of thumb, this is, you're probably going to ask this question, but a good rule of thumb is the more dry the content is, the more cool and sophisticated yes. the graphics yes. and all that stuff has to be. So like tech hardware is the most boring thing ever. You know, it's it's a piece of machinery. But yep. if you can do something cool where, like, the box opens up and all the uh, hardware pieces fly in and 3D and stuff, like, that stuff takes time. Whereas right. something like this, yeah, a couple days. Right. A um, couple days on the newsletter. Case studies take, you know, a week or two. Sure. Depending on how much is involved in it. Um, but that's mostly just to make it as professional as possible. Right. We took somebody's time and they took their time to sit down with us. So yeah, of course, better make it as good as we possibly can. And probably similar for like our higher production, like sort of ad style videos, yep. you know, which yep. will also be filming day. A lot um, more time, especially on the color side of things, you know, colors, da Vinci resolve, you know, you'll, you'll spend a lot more time over there, like getting the color as, as beautiful as you possibly can. Like our, uh, um, we did a, an ad for um, April Fools. Job form tables. We, Check we it out on YouTube. This IKEA Pretty table. Proud of that one. And had to make it look like it was an Apple commercial. You know, so like I spent a lot more time on the color on that than I would spend on this podcast. <laughs> Turned out know? great though. So yeah. <laughs> and for this podcast, we have this beautiful painting behind us. So the color is yeah. taken care of clearly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, anyway, you kind of uh, stole my thunder a little bit. That was going to be one of my next questions because. Uh, I think it's it's interesting if we sort of back up and look at tech marketing videos specifically. So, you know, obviously what you're making for Jotform and just any any marketing videos in the tech industry. Um, you know, our, our goals will differ from videos in uh, another industry. They're going to be aimed at a different audience. And like you said, a lot of these things maybe aren't the flashiest to show per se. So, yeah. how do you kind of spice up? 
videos that are about just a technology product? Like, how do you make engaging content or do you have any tricks or tips to, um, you know, spice up your technology videos? Yeah, I mean, it it all kind of depends on the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think you got to know your audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the priority number one is like, who's going to be watching these types of videos and then try and make the video targeted to that person. Um, Usually the people who are watching these types of videos are looking for specific information. Right. Um, So you don't want to like bury it with a bunch of flashy stuff. You know, you don't want to like make it overly complicated. You want it to be simple, straightforward. Um, You know, one thing that I harp, especially to our, our uh, lovely assistant editor is, make everything purposeful mm-hmm. you know everything that's on the screen needs to have a point like sure. uh, you know if you're just showing something random and you lose your audience like that's that's, it. that's death gone. yeah you yeah. you need to like make sure everything has a reason for being up on on the screen intentionality intentionality um and then make things move i think that's that's a that's a huge thing is like don't sit on things for too long. People get bored real easy. Um, I know things have changed in the industry, but I've always kind of lived by the two minute rule of like, try and make your videos under two minutes or Mm. so, um, and make them just move, you know, like I kind of try and hit a cut every like five seconds or so. And by move, you mean literally motion on the screen. Literally, you know, wide shot, close up, cut to screenshots, make sure that screenshots are moving or zooming in or, you know, just a little bit of movement goes a long ways to keep your eyes focused. You know, in animation, we have a whole thing where it's called eye trace. So you want to guide the eye of whoever's watching the video, Hmm. you know? So like if you're going from a close up on somebody's face, then the next thing should be in the middle, you know? So like sure. a slow zoom into something and then you want to lead your eye over to the left-hand side or something like that, you know, like make sure that you're intentional oh. with where you're leading people's eyes, especially oh. with graphics and stuff like that. Um, another huge thing is your talent needs to be engaged <laughs> themselves. Talent being the people actually happy, on the happy, screen. Happy, happy is my mantra. I've like, heard that from you so many times. <laughs> If you're not happy and you're not enthusiastic and you're in front of the camera, why do you expect the person watching the video to to feel any different? They're going to be bored because you look like you don't want to be there. Yes, yes. For anyone who's watched our newsletter videos, every single take bef- right before it, Patrick says, happy, happy, which is why we always look so happy. A little bit more, a little bit more. <laughs> the yeah. newsletter video. But it is a different sort of skill or talent because I, I used to give a lot of presentations at my job before this, like very professional, data-driven presentations. And so I think I had a very sort of profess- professional presentation. But like, that doesn't work as well for video. You need to be like happy (laughs) yeah you you need to be like you know i feel like it it, it also depends on what kind of video you're making like if you you know like for instance when i was doing tech hardware it was very serious Mm -hmm. throughout the whole time you know it was very like you know we're we're selling you something that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars we have a whole different right vibe to the videos right maybe energy is the better word to focus on energy yeah but like you know being engaging and being you know, if you're doing something like that, 
you need like a professional voice actor, you know, somebody right. who is going to command people's attention. Um, whereas videos like uh, ours, we're more of like, this is more of a relaxed type right. of environment as, you know, software people are pretty relaxed. Our audience yeah. is, is pretty relaxed. So, you know, if you're forced to watch these, you know, tech videos right. to, to learn things, at least they should be fun and they should be no, for sure relaxed and engaging and you know i i pride myself on keeping that kind of vibe through job forum videos is like you know definitely i feel like we're we're fun we don't get too crazy goofy right. although we have had some crazy goofy videos in the past yeah yeah <laughs> um but you know we don't we don't take it too seriously but we do take it seriously at the same right, time right well it's, it's fine the balance right and it is as you mentioned knowing knowing your audience because obviously we do have some very niche product overview tutorials where people the people who are watching those probably really need a very specific question address so no frills get through that but then you know our ad style videos that will be exposed to audiences who maybe never heard about JotForm yeah. you need to engage them on basically a whole different type of level yeah. so it's it's obviously so critical to understand the differences that, that go into that and some are more serious some are some are really goofy one I had to pour ketchup on myself I don't know we just we try to have fun with it we try to keep things interesting and that's you know part of the just the fun of working on video yeah in, in my opinion the, so the fun goofy stuff is like the gateway drug you know <laughs> like gets you say. hooked and you're like oh I gotta see more from job form and then you get you know the more that's how we got the more you. technical it becomes the more uh, sure. dry the sure. subject matter will become yeah, but, yeah you know, as as it goes but uh, even on the dry stuff that we try to keep it Pretty relaxed. There's still things you can do. Yeah, Uh, there are always things that you can do to make it more engaging. Right. So what would you say is the most satisfying part of your job if you had to look at it from kind of a broader perspective? You know, I thought about this. Um, I think it's the same thing as, you know, when I was making videos when I was a kid, you know, it's like a it's like a drug to me, Mm -hmm. like creating in general. You know, I've always found that, you know, I'm a musician. So like playing music and and doing photography and doing videos and it all kind of scratches that same itch for me. It's just this it's so satisfying to like put a bunch of work into something and then, you know, that moment when you've exported it and you can sit back and look at what you've created. It's just such a like I don't know. It gives me a high. You know? yeah, <laughs> and it's right, it's so. still that way. I mean, I've been doing this for half my life and it's it's still just it's super satisfying you know certain projects are not as satisfying as others for sure Um, there's a there's an old saying um from a a teacher that i that i had is one for the meal one for the real i like that i like (laughs) that and it's kind of like you know there's one for the paycheck and then there's one that you really really like you know one that's really really fun and you know there's a lot of paycheck videos that you create but when you get to do those ones that are like you know you really really love what you created, there's no better feeling in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, every, every video you make, you invest so much in, and you, know, yeah. you can tell there, there's a lot of love that goes into into that process, so I can only imagine how, how gratifying that can be. Yeah. Um, what do you say is the, the most fun thing you've ever worked on? It doesn't need to be a jot form. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different things. Um, when I thought about this, I kind of thought more of, of jot form specific because I love doing those case mm-hmm. studies. I mean, that is... That is like the funnest thing that we get to do. Um, the video team is, you know, get to go out, 
you know, a lot of times there's travel, you know, so we get to travel somewhere and then we get to meet these people that are just like every single person that we've met has been super interesting. And like the, the things that they're doing with the product blow your mind. Like yeah. you just, you never expect really cool all the different things that people can do with job form. It's, it's kind of nuts. I mean, I, when I first started working for the company, I was freelancing. I knew nothing about job form whatsoever. And like every one of those case studies that I did, I'm like, Oh my God, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah. And Chad is like, yeah, of course you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, those are those are amazing and they're so much fun to shoot and the people are always like you know this is their 15 minutes of fame so they're they love to oh, put in front of the camera of you course. can tell the people who are like oh i get interviewed every week you know those people are never like as enthusiastic and and happy about you being there and uh, disrupting right. their day but like the people who are They've never done anything like right. that. Are so happy to be able to, which I feel like is most of our case studies. Most every, yeah, yeah. and they genuinely love being in front of the camera. Right. And that's like, awesome. Yeah, that that's infectious. You know, like yeah, for when, sure. When people that you're interacting with really give off that vibe of like I'm having a great time. You know, like it really yeah. translates. Well, for so many people who aren't in this world, it's so novel. You get yes. to be like on camera, like you go and tell your friends about it. You know, and it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really cool thing to see. And um, do you do any sort of sort of production or content creation kind of on the side, just as as your own hobby? You don't have to. It's okay. If you don't have to do everything for job form. But yeah. do you do any of this for fun? I do a lot of stuff for fun, um, short films and and, and stuff like that. I do a lot of photography, and <laughs> this one's kind of embarrassing, but it's fun. Uh, me and some friends have been uh, working on a, a Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage uh, podcast. That's, that's very specific. It's like a video podcast that uh, is like way over the top. Like we, we're spending like three hours discussing every single movie that he's ever that been in. That is dedication because like, that's is, a lot of movies. Yeah, there's a lot, okay. a lot of Nick Cage movies and like some of them are terrible, obviously. And then some are just like surprising, you know, but like, I don't know. That's that is really fun. And it's such a cool like. I get to use every skill set that I've developed over the years sure. in that, you know, with Illustrator creating backgrounds and Photoshop, you know, all these different things and like, and it's just incredibly fun to do. So I can only yeah, imagine um, get to spend, uh, you know, my days off from making videos, making <laughs> Nicolas Cage videos. <laughs> it's a passion project. And yeah. I'm sure he is never boring. Say, say what you will. Never boring. Never given a boring performance <laughs> in his life. Shout out to Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Be sure to check out that, that podcast. Everyone. I think you said it's dropping in August or something. August. So yeah. We've already recorded 10 episodes and uh, <laughs> that's a lot of time to go to Nick. Nicholas Cage, I, I yeah. salute you for that. So, I guess bring it back, job form a little bit. Even though Nick Cage is great, um, <laughs> what advice would you give to companies who are looking to expand their video marketing efforts in general? You know, irrespective of industry, I know that job form has obviously started to put a lot more um, resources and kind of attention to our video marketing efforts. It's been really cool to see all that grow. Um, but as kind of leading that that charge on the video production front sort of what are your what are your takeaways what are your kind of nuggets of wisdom from from that i would say you know the biggest thing is get started now mm -hmm. this isn't going away um video is blowing Everything. up um mm -hmm. and you know <laughs> you know I, I was lucky enough to get into it pretty early on in the process but like you can really see it's just exponential you know right. nobody wants to just sit there and you know people are busy um and <laughs> There's so many things like buying for our attention all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
given the choice between a big giant article versus a two minute video, people are always going to click on that yep. video first. If they want to dive deeper, they'll read. But that video is, video is almost the you know, entryway. Yeah, you're you're going to get people engaged there. Um, I you know I I would encourage people to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. But the sooner you get somebody who really loves this stuff and is geeky passionate about mm -hmm. it, like you know, like, like you're true, like myself, <laughs> um, the better. Because you're passionate about your company, you might not be passionate about filmmaking, right? You know, right? And uh, getting somebody who's just as passionate behind the camera as you are in front of the camera is is huge. I would say that's that's my biggest takeaway is like video people soak up information like like nobody else, you know. <laughs> like we have to, you know, like I said, this this industry is ever evolving, so we're mm -hmm. constantly learning. Every single day we're learning something new. I've been doing this like I said half my life mm -hmm. and I learn something new every single day. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly making mistakes, you know, and that's <laughs> you know, you got to you got to be able to, to live yeah. with those mistakes and learn from them. Um, but yeah, I would say that's that's my big uh, advice for companies. Um, as far as like a big nugget of wisdom, um, I'd say th the most important thing is just be yourself. Sure. Be authentic to your company, um, and and you know don't try. You know if we tried to make Apple commercials here, we would come off as idiots you know we i mean would, the job from tables commercial is pretty close <laughs> we would look it's hard to the and we you know we obviously are outside of our wheelhouse i think we make the perfect videos for our company and we're yeah. a bunch of fun quirky goofy dorky people and our videos reflect that and i think that you know that's something i think a lot of companies struggle with is that identity like right. just be yourself i think that's that's the biggest thing um Another thing I could say is they say comparison is the, uh, what, what is that? That the saying? thief of joy, the thief of joy. Yeah. That I, I love that saying so much, but that applies very heavily in video because, yeah. you know, over here you've got like an Etsy store, mom and pop shop, just, just making little videos to show off their jewelry or something. Right. And then over here you got Steven Spielberg. Right. <laughs> there's a, it's a wide spectrum. There's a wide spectrum of video production. There. Right. And you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to, you know, not know everything right off the bat, mm -hmm. you know, just make your videos and get better. I think that's the, that's the most important part. And that's the thing that I've lived my entire career with is like every single day is an opportunity to get a little bit better. Each time you put out a video, you, you know, try something different, try to learn some new thing that you, you didn't know before sure. and just, you know, get a little bit better with each video. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No one could say it better. You should uh, teach your own masterclass from the <laughs> from the man himself, right there. Well, we have uh, we've gone over uh, a lot today, and it's been really cool to kind of dive deeper into your world and the things that you have to deal with on a you know daily daily basis to create this content that we're we're really churning out at a at a rapid rate, and it's so awesome to kind of see the scale and um, you know what we've been able to to do, what you've been able to. Lead the charge our, our growing team you know francis our assistant video editor like it's it's really cool to see this team kind of come together and create this content that uh, personally i'm really proud of as a job for marketer um and i hope is engaging with audiences for the purpose that we're 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 going after um, yeah when I, I when i started i think we had like maybe 75 subscribers and we had like five videos and like it's been insane to see 
the growth over the years and then especially now we've we've dedicated tons of resources mm -hmm. into video and yeah publishing and hundreds of minutes keeps, a month keeps going up and up and up yeah, yeah, that's so awesome to see it's a great um, time to to be in video especially in job form it is 100 anything anything else we missed i feel like this is pretty exhaustive from the software to the hardware to the process to the types of videos to nicholas cage um <laughs> i think we covered anything is there any, anything else you'd like to add i mean there's a million other things i could <laughs> add in there uh, you know i could I could just I could rattle on all day about Nick Cage, but <laughs> but hey, yeah, seats, folks. I, I think uh, we'll save it for another video. But uh, yeah, I think I think all of that stuff is uh, yeah awesome. important stuff. Well, this has been really insightful. I hope it's been helpful for for listeners to kind of get a glimpse into this world, and hopefully they're more appreciative of what it takes behind the camera to to make all this stuff happen. But thank you for being here today and shedding some light into it and some insight. It's been really awesome to hear from you, and it's uh, been great to have you in front of the camera for once. Yeah, thank you. This is weird, <laughs> but I like it. You're natural. <laughs> all right, thanks. Thank you.